You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to the Valentine's Views podcast. Please like, share, and subscribe if you're watching us on YouTube. And subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts across the Big Blue View Radio Network. All right, your New York Giants at 5-9 and nine face the Philadelphia Eagles in Philly on Christmas Day. Probably the last place most New York Giants would like to be on Christmas Day. But uh, that's what the NFL schedule makers handed the Giants this year. So that's what's going on. And here to help me... Uh, Break down the game, talk about what's going on with the Eagles. Is John Stolness of Bleeding Green Nation's Eye on the Enemy podcast. John, thank you very, very much for, for hopping on. Ed, I couldn't be more excited to talk about my football team who I that I love dearly and will support forever. Oh, you just sound excited <laughs> about this, John. I you, you know, know here, you're, I'm, I'm look, happy to be I'm happy to be with you. I'm not happy to talk about what these guys have done these last few weeks, but that we'll you're, get into that. You're complaining about a 10 and four football team. John. <laughs> yes, Come I on. Am. Come yes, on. I am. The giants are five and nine and in contention for the second overall pick in the draft. So mm -hmm. three game losing streak or not, you're not going to get much sympathy from, <laughs> from this side of the computer screen. Fair enough. All right. So, so you do have to tell me, I want to start with this. It's a three-game losing streak for the Eagles. Three good teams that they played against, obviously. San Francisco, Dallas, and, and Seattle. Seattle, probably a game they should have won. But I want to go back to when the Eagles were 10-1. and one. There Me was too. still a lot of talk about. There was still a lot of talk when they were 10-1 and one about. This team doesn't look the same. Doesn't mm -hmm. look like it did last year. It doesn't feel like it did a year ago when it made, you know, when it when it made it to the Super Bowl, when it almost won a Super Bowl. But as they're building that that 10 in one record, was there still some unease about what this team about what this team really was and if it could make another really deep run? Yeah, you know, a lot of us hand-waved away those concerns. Uh, we're looking at the point differential, looking at the fact that they trailed at halftime in so many of those different games, but uh, also looking at the schedule that they had and the teams they were playing, and you realize you're not going to blow out the Chiefs. You're not going to blow out the Bills. You're not going to blow out the Cowboys. They're going to be close games, right? You're going you're gonna to have these close games against really good teams. Uh, part of the issue, I think, was some of the ways in which the Eagles struggled against some of the teams not named the Cowboys, Bills, and Chiefs in the weeks leading up to that. But I think you kind of looked at those three games and you saw listen this team is has a super bowl pedigree you know that it's littered with pro bowlers um you'd know that the coach is a good coach nick sirianni and and you just felt like you know as they're winning these close games and these leading up to the three game losing streak streak you're just thinking well it's a little different this year you're playing really good quarterbacks you're playing against much better defenses you, you just want to 
get that record as, as high as you can get it and and take it. You know, you're not going to look look to give look a gift, gift horse in the mouth because last year when the Eagles were blowing teams out and running up that incredible record and everybody's feeling good, the Eagles got ripped for not playing anybody. And, you know, that was kind of a valid concern, but they took that all the way to the Super Bowl. So each year feels different. Each year looks a little different. You don't always get to the same place in the same way. But that being said, the Eagles turnover issues have really come back to bite them here in these last three three games. The the play calling has been very uneven, and we've seen that in these last three games. The defense, we know the pass defense had been leaking oil throughout the season. You knew that it was a, that it was a problem, but you just figured eventually that pass rush would start to get there. I think over these last few weeks, and here are some extenuating circumstances that are not excuses, but possible reasons for why we've seen the Eagles play deteriorate the way in which we have. And, and these last three weeks, the play has deteriorated, even though they may not have been playing as well as 10 and one. I will, I will cop to the fact that they probably were, their record was probably better than how they were playing. That being said, the Eagles are not as bad as they've looked these last three weeks. Playing against the 49ers, the 49ers had 10 days of rest, so the, the 49ers had a big rest advantage over the Eagles coming into that game, and the Eagles are playing like they just come again, again off the Cowboys, Chiefs, and Bills. Dramatic wins, high-stress games. They, they were on the field a ton against Buffalo. That game had, I think the defense played like 70-some-odd snaps in that game. So you can understand losing to that 49ers team, which may be the best team in the NFL right now, which is the best team in the NFL right now. Then you go and you go into Dallas and play in a place the Eagles haven't won since 2017. The Cowboys had 10 days of rest, and the Eagles now in this game five of this six-game gauntlet, clearly exhausted, clearly you know at, at a disadvantage in terms of rest, and then you get your doors blown off in that game. And then you had the craziness last week with changing the defensive coordinator and, and Jalen Hurts battling a severe illness. You're going to Seattle to take on a Seahawks team that they should have won. you got to beat Drew Locke. Just, just have to do it. You have to beat Drew Locke. I don't care what the extenuating circumstances are there. You have to beat Drew Locke, but they lose that game. So, yeah, I think some of those concerns when they were 10-1, and 1, but, you know, we, we poo-pooed and hand-waved a lot of those away. Some of those were legitimate. The Eagles were not playing as well as they were a year ago. Can you, you, know, can you put your finger on, on the offensive side, let's say? Can you put your finger on what it is? You talked about turnovers, but... It's the same players. It's the same quarterback. It's the same offensive line. So, I mean, it's a different running back, but that doesn't, that shouldn't make that much difference. No. But what, can you put your finger on what's different? I think it starts, I think uh, the fact that Shane Steichen isn't the offensive coordinator, I think moving from Shane Steichen to Brian Johnson has affected the play calling. The The offense doesn't seem to have a rhythm. It doesn't seem to have a plan. Even when they have put points on the board, it's been bumpy. It, it's been uneven. They'll go the first half without scoring, and then they score three or four touchdowns in the second half. It just has not, there hasn't been a cohesiveness to the offense. The offensive line has not dominated in the trenches this year like they have in years past. I don't know if that's due to age. I don't know if that's due to just the, the wear and tear of a long season last year coming into this year. Most Super Bowl losers usually don't make the playoffs the following year, and the Eagles ran out to a 10-1 and record. So I think there's usually there's a little bit of a Super Bowl um, lapse that comes in if, you, if you're not the team that, that, that wins. And so there could be some, some fatigue there. I think we saw it in 2018 after the 2017 Super Bowl win. So there's a lot of factors there. The offensive line just isn't executing as well this year, and I, I can't really explain why that is. Uh, and, and I think Jalen Hurts 
had a long offseason. I, I don't think that he is as sharp this year as he was a year ago. I think the, the, the play calling has not put him in a position to do a whole lot well. He's clearly injured. Like, he's not as dynamic a runner this year, and I think that's been the biggest factor as to why the offense hasn't moved the ball. They, they just, nobody fears Jalen Hurts as a runner right now, and that was such a huge part of why their offense was successful a year ago. I don't know if it's the knee, if he, if he signed that contract and doesn't want to get blown up. I don't know what it is, but he's not the same, he's not the same guy we saw a year ago. When he talked about commitment the other day, how did you take that? Was that just a guy searching for answers? Was that a guy calling out his teammates? Or was that a guy just just talking and you know out of frustration? Yeah. What was it? I think, well, I think you had he was really sick. <laughs> you could tell mm -hmm. at the post game. He he was sick. I, I don't think he was mentally sharp in, in the game on 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 Monday night. Uh, I think a lot of his comments, I, he just looked exhausted. I think when he said committed, I don't think he was thinking about what he said because I don't really know what he means by that. Does he mean that? Does he mean that players in the locker room aren't uh, studying film as hard? Are they are they pointing fingers at each other, not supporting each other? Are they, um, you know, is there simply guys who aren't buying into the to the game plan and doing their own thing on the field? Um, I, I don't really know what he meant by committed. And he was asked to to elaborate on that and further define that, and he he couldn't really. So I don't know that he meant committed in terms of like these guys aren't committed to winning, these guys aren't committed to the team. I but I don't know. I don't know. And I'm very I want to hear Jalen Hurts talk again this week because I think he'll probably get asked about that. And I think he'll be asked to elaborate what he meant by that. And I'm sure it'll come across as something where he's not throwing his teammates under the bus or criticizing the coaching staff or anything like that. He's a pretty good talker in, in post-game press conferences. I think what he said was more out of exhaustion and frustration than anything. And I don't really even think that he knew what he meant by what he said. Yeah, it kind of sounded like he's like, oh, I might have just said something that I probably <laughs> shouldn't have said. Yeah. And now I have to try to talk my way around it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he said, I don't have a dictionary with me, so I don't really, I couldn't really tell you what that, what I, what that means, but I mean, people are inferring, and that's, you know, kind of a, a dangerous thing to do. I, I would rather wait to hear Jalen Hurts explain it a, a little bit more. But I, th I think it's clear that the losing took its toll. Like, losing those two games to the Cowboys and 49ers the way they did shook that team. Something happened during those two losses. It, it shook that team to its core. And all we've heard about with this Eagles team over the last few years is how great the culture is. How great the accountability is in that locker room. The the the, the leaders in the locker room are, are are really strong. Jalen Hurts is such a strong leader. And I don't think that those things aren't true. But it, it sure sounds like two really bad losses did something to the clubhouse culture, to the locker room culture, and 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 what this team always has prided itself on, based on what we saw last week with all the craziness on the defensive side of the football. I don't know what's going on in there, but stuff's going on. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. John, let's go to the other side of the ball, to the defense. And I have to be honest, I look at that Eagles team and I just see talent everywhere on the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, they lost a couple of players in free agency over the offseason, but I still see you know, talent upon talent upon talent on that side of the ball. And I think the thing that has surprised me most about the Eagles this year is they haven't been nearly as dominant defensively as I, as I would have thought. You, you can even say that at times they've been pretty leaky. Mm. And uh, so, and I think we saw maybe a little bit of panic from Nick Sirianni with the, with the move from, from Sean Desai to Matt Patricia, especially sort of throwing Desai under the bus and saying, I don't <laughs> think we've been coaching very well on that side of the ball. Mm-hmm. But uh, just, you know, w- what is going on on the defensive side of the ball? And, and, and did you see the move to Matt Patricia as a panic move? Yeah, I think they panicked. That doesn't mean it was the wrong move. Sometimes it's okay to panic if, if things are really bad. Um, I don't know. It sounds like it sounded like there was a some the, the players just had lost confidence in Desai's ability to lead the defense. And if that's the case, then you you have to make a change. It's unfortunate they didn't have somebody better than Matt Patricia in the building to take over play calling duties. But um, they missed out. Vic Fangio left last offseason when it looked like Jonathan Gannon was coming back, and then all that mess happened. Um, so it just it, they didn't have a good option in house uh, to replace Sean Desai or to make this change that they bungled. They bungled the messaging on this entirely. They didn't. It didn't come out with confidence. It didn't come out with assurance. It didn't make it seem like they knew what was going on. It, it made it seem like it wasn't Nick Sirianni who made the decision. And I don't know. I don't think we know for sure who made the call. We've seen Howie Roseman and Jeff Lurie get involved with coaching staff decisions in the past with Doug Peterson. So we would not. It would not at all surprise me if they looked at what Sean Desai was doing and said, we need somebody else making the calls. That being said, Sean Desai was doing an abysmal job scheming up his defense, was not putting the players that he had in the right positions to succeed, was was using players incorrectly. Brad, you know, they, they had Eli Ricks in the slot a lot this year. He There's nothing in his profile that says he should be a slot cornerback. He's an outside cornerback, and yet he barely played any outside cornerback, even when Bradbury and Slay had been hurt this year. The young guys were not being utilized in, in, in properly. When, when the blitzing schemes were didn't make any any sense, T- too many guys too far off the ball to the line of scrimmage where you're just not going to have any impact. Like no stunts, no creativity at all on the defensive side of the ball. And the Eagles did not invest in linebacker or safety this offseason. So they've been having to fill the gaps with these veteran castoffs that are well past their prime. Kevin Byard, they brought him in. He's been okay, but he hasn't he hasn't been a playmaker. He hasn't done anything really of note. Uh, Shaq Leonard was the the second worst graded defensive player on the field for the Eagles on Monday night. I don't know that he's going to be able to give you anything after all of the hullabaloo about signing him. The guys, the places where you have spent the money on defense, though, that's where you're supposed to get the production. Slay and Bradbury are supposed to give you that production. As you well know with Bradbury, great player when he's playing his best. 
he seems to have lost a step and a half this season, and he's just getting cooked in man coverage. That's what happened at the end of the game against Seattle. All five passes that Drew Locke completed on that final drive were thrown at James Bradbury. Been awful this year. That The defensive line, you've paid Fletcher Cox a ton of money, Hassan Reddick a ton, a ton of money, Josh Sweat a ton of money. You've invested early first-round picks in Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis. That's where you've put all of your eggs in that basket, and they are just not getting to the quarterback, especially on third downs. And that exposes the linebackers and the safeties and these older cornerbacks that have lost a step in the passing game. If that defensive front isn't getting home and doing their job, this Eagles defense is cooked. So I don't know if the Giants have the firepower to take advantage of that this week. I look at the roster. I don't think they do. But you go up against a, a playoff caliber offense, unless that defensive line is getting home and getting home on a regular basis, they're gonna teams are going to have success moving the football against Philadelphia. So you have two games against the Giants and, you know, coming up, and I think the other game is against Arizona. Mm -hmm. Record-wise, you'll win at least two out of those three games, probably all three. Even, you know, even if you're not playing, even if the Eagles are not playing their best football. Um, but what is your confidence level at this point in the Eagles' ability to make a deep playoff run? You go to the Super mm -hmm. Bowl last year. I have to think that that most Eagles, Eagles fans are looking at this year and saying, it's not a success unless we get back there and we finish the job. Right. So... At this point, what's your confidence level that the Eagles can do that? I'm not one of those people that believes Super Bowl or bust should ever be the goal. Like the whole goal of following a sports team is for them to give you memories. And if we if we exit the season with some really good positive memories, I see that as a fun season. I see that as a, a success. But certainly the players will tell you that winning the Super Bowl this time around is really the only is the only outcome that matters because you went and you lost it last year. That being said, I don't have a whole lot of confidence they're going to make a deep playoff run right now. If they take care of business these next three weeks and kind of get things right, my confidence level will grow mostly because of their pedigree. It's really going to come down to how Jalen Hurts plays and how these teams, how this team plays in the trenches over these over these last three weeks. I realize the Giants and Cardinals are are not competitive. Not, not that they're not competitive, but they're not playoff caliber teams right now. They're not good teams in terms of where they are in the standings in the NFL. As a, as a team that should finish 13-4, and four, they should handle these teams pretty easily. The Eagles should. If they can do that, I'll feel better going into the playoffs about a deep playoff run because you're winning the division if you win these last three games if you're the Eagles. So you're getting at least two home playoff games if you, if you can get that far. And then you take your chances against the 49ers in, a, in an NFC Championship game in San Francisco. But what we've got to see is we've got to see this team do better in the trenches, and we've got to see Jalen Hurts play better the question I think we'll have answered over these next few weeks is, these three losses that they've suffered, was it due mostly to the extenuating circumstances, the fatigue, the extra, the, the rest disadvantage, Jalen Hurts' illness, all, all this other kind of stuff? When they get on a more of a normal schedule, will things, and the schedule eases up a little bit, will things kind of get back to normal and let them get their footing? Was this a three-game slump? Or is it more indicative of a decay in the roster? We don't know the answer to that question. I think it's more likely it's a slump than a decay, but I'm not ruling out the possibility that this team is about to crater. So right now I feel like 60-40 that they could get to the NFC Championship game, but uh, we'll see over these next few weeks. If they struggle in these next three weeks, no confidence they can even get past the first round, even with a home game. 
All right, John, you know, we, obviously I have you on here mostly to discuss the Eagles, but I always like to get the perspective from the outside on the Giants. And this has been five and nine is not what people anticipated from the Giants this year. I didn't anticipate a 12 win team. I thought maybe there would be some regression. I even thought maybe seven or eight wins would be a good year for the Giants just because mm -hmm. the schedule was more difficult than it was a year ago. Right. I thought maybe the Giants were out over their skis a little bit last year. But from the outside perspective, what do you see when you think about the New York Giants, you know, where they are at this point, five and nine, where they are maybe in the second year with Brian Dable and Joe Shane? What are your thoughts right. on on the New York Giants' progress to this point? Well, I, I think I think the schedule got them early. I, I think that's for sure. I mean, they had to they they had the Dallas Cowboys in Week One, and they got their doors blown up. I mean, forty to nothing is is just there's you, you can't lose like that. But a lot of weird things happen in Week One. You go in Arizona, you win game, Week Two, but then you've got to go into San Francisco. You get Seattle at home. You have to go into Miami. You have to go into Buffalo, and you start off one and five, and and then lose your starting quarterback. You lose your franchise quarterback at that point, right? When when did when did he go down? He played in six games. Okay, he, he so did play yeah, in six through, games. through the Bills game. <laughs> so, and then you so you're one in five. You're you're already behind the eight ball against the, an Eagles team that's raced out to a six and zero record at that point, and you've lost your starting quarterback. You're done. Your season's over. So, should they have won maybe another one of those early games? Maybe you, you take the Seattle game, but in San Francisco, in Miami, in Buffalo, that's rough. That's a rough schedule, and I think you would look at those teams and say those three teams are better than the Giants, even with Daniel Jones in there on a neutral field. You'd favor those three teams. That's a that was a brutal start to the to the schedule. It's very similar to the schedule the Eagles just finished playing over these last six games, and so that just you just put you behind the eight ball. At that point, you realize, okay, the season's probably over. the The players start to realize. You know, this isn't this isn't going to happen this year. We're not going to we're not going to follow this up. And you know, even though you you win against the Commanders, you get to two and five. You lose a tough one to the Jets. You lose to the Raiders, and then you get the Cowboys in Dallas. I mean, it just starts in football and in sports. Sometimes things snowball when you realize, especially it's not our season. Things aren't going our way. And I think coupled with the with the injury to Daniel Jones and the start they got off to, I think it got away from Brian Dable and and the and the staff and everybody else real quick. So, um, you know, I think. Um, I, I don't I, I think they could bounce back next year, especially if they get a high pick and they're smart with the draft, but they need to get more they need to get better at the skill positions. They gotta get wide receivers on this team. They uh they gotta get playmakers. I, I think there is still a a ceiling that they hit their heads against until they're able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. And you talked a little bit about the gauntlet that the uh, that the Eagles ran through and what the losses to San Francisco and Dallas did to that team. And and I still believe, you know, the Giants had three games in 11 days to start the season, which is insane. But yeah. I think that Dallas game had kind of a lasting impact on the Giants. You, you, you come into a season where you made the playoffs, you think maybe you've built your roster a little better, you think maybe you're more competitive with the top teams in your division, with the top teams in your conference. You lose a game that way, 40 to nothing, where you're not competitive in the game by the end of the first quarter. And I think the 
Cowboys not only beat the Giants, I think they knocked the swagger out of the Giants yeah. too. No, just, I think uh, that's true. I mean, I think that's true. And and when that happens, it's hard to come back from that. You know, you 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 think coming into the season, you know, we're we're as good as these guys, we're as good as this team, and and you, you get a spanking. And I think that's kind of what's happened with the 49ers and Cowboys uh, those two weeks the Eagles lost. I mean, they didn't just lose tight tight games. They got spanked in both games. And that takes that takes a hit. You 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 lose that affects your pride as a, as a player and you start to question yourself. And I, I imagine that a similar thing happened in the New York uh, locker room that's happening in the Philadelphia locker room. All right, John, the last thing that uh, that we have to do here, this is our our Friday show in advance of the Monday game and we're going to uh, to make a pick for for Monday, and this section of our show is sponsored by DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler or visit www one eight hundred Gambler net. In New York, call eight seven seven eight Hope NY or text Hope NY, which is four six seven three six nine. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling by calling. 888-789-7777 or visiting ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms and responsible gaming resources all right i'll be honest with you i look at this uh this game 11 and a half point spread courtesy of DraftKings as we as we record the show if i'm putting i i can't take the points and the eagles if i was betting this game but the flip side of that is there there as much as a christmas day upset would be nice as much as it would add to DeVito mania. And as you talked about earlier in the show, you know, sports can be about memories and making moments. And it would make a nice moment for Tommy DeVito in the Giants in, a, in an awful season if they beat the Eagles on Monday. I just don't see it happening. Um, you know, what is, uh, I, I see it as kind of a get right game for the Eagles. Mm -hmm. What uh, What's your take on uh, on Monday afternoon, Monday evening? You know, I keep picking the Eagles to win these last few weeks, and they keep they keep losing. But I, I think coming home against an opponent, they they really do have an advantage over. It does feel like a get right game for this team. Um, I, but you know, I, it's it could also be a struggle. I think the Eagles win this game. I, I just I can't I can't imagine them losing this game. This for if they do lose this game, the the ceiling's going to cave in on this team. I mean, it's going to be a total collapse, and those will still go to the playoffs because they've already clinched. But I think this is, will be a get-right game. I, I think it's going to be a 10-point victory, so 11.5 is is a lot. Um, I think it'll probably be more like a, a, an 8, 9, 10-point win, something like that. Uh, it might be close for an uncomfortably long amount of time for, for Eagles fans, but um, my guess is I think the Eagles probably put up about 27 points, so I'm going to say something along the lines of like 27-17. That, that sounds about right. I think considering the way that so many of the Giants' primetime games this year, so many of their games against teams like Dallas and San Francisco have gone this year. Even last week, you know, they pretty much got blown out by New Orleans. I think I think Giants fans would be 
would be relatively happy with a game they were still in at the end of the third quarter. So, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, and and you know, it's all these, you know, with Devito, you don't know what you're going to get. There's not a lot of tape on him for the Eagles, so I mean, it's this. We I have nightmares of of Logan Webb resurfacing like he did a couple of years ago uh, against the Eagles on a on a, a prime time game. This third string quarterback for the Vikings and and the Eagles unable to beat him. You know, like it just that's that's a nightmare scenario for Eagles fans. But we're we're all kind of I think starting to get hardened to the possibility that that could happen. So these two teams, you know, they have a long history. This has these games have gone the Eagles' way so much these last few years, but uh, it's a new year. We'll see how things go, and the, the Eagles are at a more vulnerable spot right now than they have been at any time since early 2021, so we'll see how it goes. Oh, someday that worm will turn, and, and, it will. and the Giants will have their day, but but I yep. don't think that's going to be uh, at any time in the, next, uh, in the next few weeks. Anyway, John, thank you very, very much for the time. Folks, check out Bleeding Green Nation, of course, for your Eagles coverage. If you dare to venture over there, of course, and uh, check out uh, John's podcast, Eye on the Enemy, as well, for uh, for his perspective on all things Eagles. So, John, thank you very, very much for the time. Giants fans, thank you, as always, for listening. Please stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.